Good puppets gone bad in the Happy Time Murders, but how bad are they? So bad. Plus, Short Circuit meets Terminator pup Axel. Finally, will Papillon be able to break free from the weight of its famous predecessor or find itself in solitary? <laughs> we discuss this and more on today's episode of The Real Review, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. Everybody, I am here with Joel. Saw his favorite movie this weekend, and he's so excited about it. The world's most authoritative figure in film review. Everybody. Joel, who am I? Uh, I was going to be nice, but since you've laid that on me, I'm going to call you Matt Milking the Cow Hay. Uh, for those of you that have seen Happy Time Murders, you know what I'm talking about. It's just awful. Moving right along. Okay, so awful. <laughs> welcome to the real it's review. It's as bad everybody. as you think it is. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> welcome to the real review, guys. If this is uh, your first time joining us, welcome. Uh, we have the vidcast going today, podcast, and the way that we break this thing down is uh, Joel and I have uh, different perspectives when it, when it comes to film and review, reviewing, that kind of thing. I'm a little bit more lighthearted, whimsical, yes. positive, yes. emotionally driven. Did I have a good time? Joel's a little bit more nitpicky, head scratcher, pessimistic maybe, Which uh, negative, usually results in sad. me seeing the films that are awful, I yeah. feel, because I, I will just like... <laughs> I don't know. I like. I want to suffer. It, maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just enjoy bad things. Uh, there is some sort of psychological issue we'll have to deal with later. But for the sake trauma. of the show, <laughs> let's. The show must go on. So, yeah. uh, Joel, why don't you go ahead and, and tell everybody though how they get connected with us? The sure. Real review. Well, if you would like to, at this point, I'm not sure if you would, but if you would like to get connected to us, uh, some good places to do so: our website, which is realreviewmedia.com. We also have our Facebook, which is facebook.com/slash real review media we're always posting fun stuff up there posters and information for films that are coming out big news um additionally of our instagram and our twitter which are both at real review media and then lastly additionally you listeners out there that would like to uh or watchers that would like to comment and share your thoughts and perspectives on the films that we see or things that we haven't seen uh sometimes we see films we don't have a chance to talk about those so we would love to hear your thoughts too maybe share back and forth uh send us an email realreviewmedia at gmail.com we love to talk to you so. indeed everybody indeed indubitably so um let's just dive right into this thing okay okay it's gonna be super fun this is the uh the episode where most of what we're gonna talk about is not great <laughs> Pretty much. We'll probably have more fun talking about how awful this stuff was right. than we actually did seeing the movies. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, first up on our list is a movie that Joel got to see that he's super yes. excited to talk about. I did not get to get a chance to see it, but it is, in fact, The Happy Time Murders. Yes. So, synopsis for this. Break it down. Before I start just railing. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do my best to keep my cool. Uh, when the puppet cast of a 90s children's TV show begins to get murdered one by one, a disgraced LAPD detective turned private eye puppet takes on the case. Director uh, is Brian Hansen, so he's the son of Jim Hansen. Jim Hansen, correct. Uh, stars Melissa McCarthy as Connie Edwards, Maya Rudolph as Bubbles. 
<laughs> bubbles, bubbles, okay. bubbles. Uh, Joel McHale, with I don't believe he has a character name. I think he's just Joel McHale. He's like a Agent Campbell. He's an FBI <laughs> agent. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Banks as Jenny. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang, very briefly in there, as Officer Delancey. Uh, and then you have Leslie David Baker from the office as the lieutenant. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, what can I say about this film? <laughs> I have a I have a hard time. Can, can I chime in here real quick? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> the trailer for this is atrocious. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the trailer and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, don't confuse this for a children's movie because there are puppets in it. In fact, I would be extremely disappointed if any parents took their kids to this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not the kind of film uh, that pretty much you would... See, I was going to say it's not the kind of film you would want to take kids to, but it's honestly, I don't think it's the kind of film you want to take anybody to. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure who this film is marketed to because I don't know if you watch the the um, the uh, Muppets at all. Yeah. I mean, like I'm sure you're familiar, Sesame but Street, yeah, and yeah. they've got a lot of digital shorts and things like that they put us on SNL. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan, you know, for the most part. I think the thing about the the Muppets is that they always kind of toted that line of like sort of more liberal leaning. I don't mean like politically liberal, but I mean, you know, kind of border like right. risque type humor, mm -hmm. like the weirder side of culture, but mixed with kid-friendly kind of atmosphere and tone. Mm -hmm. So it was accessible, I would say, to most people. Okay. You know, kids could watch it and get some of the hijinks and the zaniness and the weird dialogue. And adults could watch it and get kind of some of like the secondary level type humor. Yeah. You know, the relationship between Miss Piggy and Kermit yeah. is a perfect example of like, there's like almost a weird abusive thing going on there mm -hmm. and it's kind of like it's funny on an adult level but as a kid you can just laugh at how like crazy Miss Piggy gets and mm -hmm. go Rawr! and Kermit you know <laughs> um, and not, not that I'm laughing at like just like you know, abuse and relationships or anything but like there, <laughs> hopefully it comes across what I'm saying that there's humor for everybody right whereas with this film I don't know who the target audience was for it because it's a puppet film it is really a film about puppets and the treatment of puppets that live in a society where it's like puppets are normal. They, okay. they're, they're not, they exist and everybody okay. is okay with their existence in the sense that they're like sentient living beings that are aware of their own existence and they walk around in society, but people treat them really badly because they're puppets. But so they, so it, it's kind of creating this like real story of like real puppets in the world. Okay. But then it goes to like this lowest common denominator of humor and darkness and like disgusting gross out mm -hmm. on numerous occasions so it's not going to appeal to a kid audience and it's not going to appeal probably to most adult audiences because it goes to this kind of like like it's kiddish with the puppets and the puppets that exist but then it goes to this weird adult level with things so it's not going to appeal to kids so it's like who is this really for the only audience that i would really think this would be for okay legitimately would be like stoner dudes or like people that are really <laughs> into like gross out humor like, that's the only audience I could really think it's just super crude and very sexual at times. Yeah. Unnecessarily, like, weirdly almost horrific Yeah. at other times. Like, the way that some of these puppets, like, get killed off. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, borderline, like, psycho and, like, explosions. And I think, here's the thing. 
I haven't really talked about the film in and of itself because there's just not a lot to talk about. Maybe this is a whole just psychological understanding of Brian Henson. I really feel like that's what this is. And maybe how he was like shunned from his father as a child it, when it Jim really Henson was doing his thing feels or like something. It, maybe. And we <laughs> they talk about this, like passion projects. Okay. A lot of directors have these projects that they've kind of always had a vision for. They've always had an idea that they want to do it, but they get stopped. Yeah. Usually it's because... They're not generally the best scripts. Or They're not usually the best. Many, yeah. They're not accessible to many. And so they have these passion projects and they never get made. And then years go by and they get more and more like, I want to make this one day. I want to make this one day. And it really feels like this was that kind of a thing for Brian Hansen. And they talk about how he was kind of pushing for this production and pushing for it to go into really dark places. Uh, he made some references even to like Sesame Street mm. in his some promotional materials, which they got mad about. And I think they like sued him. Oh, wow. Like all this stuff. And it really felt like he was trying to be like, we want to be new and edgy and different with the Muppets. We don't people want people thinking the Muppets are just like this lame old school things, which I don't think anybody really does necessarily. I mean, I definitely think that they're more like just puppets in general or more right. like kiddish. Yeah. Um, but it really felt like he was trying to like go against the buck and go against the grain of what everybody thinks and had this idea and this concept for a film that probably I would assume most everybody around him was like, I don't think this is a good idea because <laughs> I don't know how anything like this would ever have been really made if it weren't for the fact that it's Jim Hansen's son. Yeah. You know, there's just so much in it that's just like, huh? What? Uh, I mean, it's getting it's got a 21 percent on the tomato meter. Which doesn't surprise me at all. As which far is as critics, rotten, by the way. Super rotten, uh, <laughs> and it's got a fifty-one percent for fans and and people that have watched it. Which I'm not sure. A lot so of the audience score is low too. Yeah, the audience okay. score is low. It's got a good, like not good cast, but it's got names. Yeah, it's got significant Maya Rudolph, right. It's Maya. got Joel McHale, and, and I'm thinking uh, that he attracted Lisa. Elizabeth Banks and everything. I'm thinking he attracted a lot of this talent. Um, based upon the fact that it was like part of Jim Hansen and it's part of Muppets. And there's been a lot of famous actors that have kind of done crossover Muppet type films because it's just a fun thing to do. Um, Melissa McCarthy continues to be on a bit of a downward trend for me. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's been, she was in the highs and now she's kind of like slowly going and going lower and lower. Um, I don't know. As far as the film itself, I think the only thing that I can say in regards to, positives for me okay um is that it took the credits yeah is that it, it took chances okay oh come on uh, <laughs> i'm serious chances. no okay. i mean cinematography wise it was very bland and even at times a way too just sputtered and jumpy and kind of flying all over the place um and it was really hard to kind of tell some like it was just jumping around mm-hmm. a lot editing wise pacing it was like everything felt like too one of the things you can always tell with like a poorly edited film is everything nothing lingers long enough okay. it feels very like just yeah. jumping around and it was kind of like that um there was numerous occasions where people would tell jokes and it would just like it would be like pause for laughter but they wouldn't be funny at all. Oh, gosh. And so it's just this then awkward. awkward moment. Yeah, where you're just like, huh? Um, the crudeness of the script left me just like flabbergasted at times wow. by how willing they were to go into just like, like this would basically be if it was, if it was humans doing some of the things these puppets were, mm-hmm. hard, hard R or yeah. X-rated wow. at different times, basically. Yeah. Um, like this, it would just be like, and it was just so weird to have puppets doing that. Yeah. Um, and just unnecessary. 
Um, and I, I think that's the biggest thing. That's the best word that I could use to explain this film. Unnecessary. Unnecessary right. You know, okay. nobody was out there going like, you know, I would love to have a Muppets movie, but like a really adult Muppets movie <laughs> that I could just not ever really show or talk about with anybody because it's just so gross and bad. Right. Um, it felt like a oh weird combination. It, what it felt like they were trying to do. Um, do you ever see uh, Amer- Team Team America? No. Um, it felt like they were trying to do that. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But though. the the guys from South Park um, are much more capable of creating satire. Matt and Trey, yeah. Yeah, than uh, Brian Hansen is. It mm-hmm. felt like he was trying to, in a sense, satire his own content. I mean, what what has he done in the past? I mean, like, what is what is what kind of credits, but other than his father's legacy, does he have behind his name? I know? honestly don't know. So, I wouldn't I mean, be surprised if is, this was the very first outing, right? Um, I haven't, I never got a chance to really look into it. I mean, the script wasn't written by him. It was written by two other guys, but I'm sure he had heavily influence. Mm -hmm. I I believe this was his idea and he was pushing for it. And then he probably just had some other folks write it. Right. Um, but it's got, I mean, it's just got nothing really to hold on to or enjoy. And then there's so many bad things Mm -hmm. that are just gross and unnecessary that you don't end up feeling like you got a good experience from it. And that's really the feeling. I left feeling like, wow, I wasted my money. I wasted my time. Yeah, I don't think they're going to um, do very well box office-wise. Opening weekend, it made about $10 million, um, and it had a $40 million budget. And that's yeah. not that's not including uh, marketing, which you could probably just double the production budget, and that's yeah. marketing. Team, so for me, okay, here's the thing. So Team America worked, because it, it, like I was going to say, it felt like they were going for Team America mm-hmm. um, mixed with, crud, there was another film, mixed with like Roger Rabbit. Okay. Who uh, Framed like Roger a, Rabbit? Yeah, yeah, Who Framed, like a mix between those two movies. But um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit worked because it was so, like, realistic. I watched that movie all the know? time when I was a kid. It was a great movie. Yeah. It was kid-friendly, but it also had really dark tones yeah. and stuff because it was, it in a world like that, it was the realistic. The scary of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> but this movie would have moments where it would bust out of the realism, even of the world that it was in. Mm. And it would go almost, like, gorific is the best way oh, I could crazy. put it. Like it was being purposely horrific and gory. And then there was things that would happen that just literally made no sense. I'm just going to spoil this. So if you don't want any spoilers, maybe skip ahead like a minute or so. <laughs> okay. um, Melissa McCarthy's character somehow has a puppet liver. Okay. <laughs> which makes no sense because, and it a sounds funnier liver. than it is, because they treat it not as a joke, but as like, Oh, wow. Yeah. And they use that as like a plot device (laughs) to help them like accomplish a couple things in the script. And it doesn't even make any sense because every single time one of these puppets gets killed or offed or blown up or whatever, one of them gets ripped apart by dogs while it's screaming. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. It gets like really horrific at times. It's like going, ah, ah. Like the dogs are like ripping it apart. And I'm like, this isn't funny. This is like horrific. Um, she so they you somehow she gets in there they're just stuffing literally and they talk <laughs> about stuffing. that all that's in them is stuffing yeah so how can you use a puppet liver but that's part of like it could have been funny like if somebody was yeah. like how do you even what like but they didn't question it that, just honestly like, eh, that by just, itself like when you just tell me i haven't seen the movie but when you just say that that sounds kind of funny to me like, yeah like if i was to just sit here and actually tell you and maybe that's the big thing if i was just to sit here and tell you about the scenes you'd maybe think they were kind of funny yeah but the execution okay the that's, way that that's they were probably brian Henson's which is 90 percent of a film is yeah. the way things are executed yeah um 
it just completely left you going like, huh, yeah. or ooh, or what? It just didn't fit at all. Yeah, you know gotcha. what I mean? If this was the only thing, like if this was a normal movie with just human characters, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't have been good. Yeah. Like it wouldn't have been anything. It would have just been like whatever. It's like a sleuth detective type right, film, right, right, right. like a noir type thing. But set in modern times, so there's no colorization. It just, everything feels very bright. Right. Um, but they try to do like the voiceover thing at times. There's like, and then she walked into my office and da 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 da. But none of the dialogue was all that effective or good. Right. Um, so anyway, I, I've just you yeah I've railed on. You've you've ripped it apart, so to say. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give this film a 61. Ooh, okay. It's a D minus. I think the only thing that kept it from being an F is that it uh, Melissa McCarthy's character was even though stupid and dumb in the script, mm-hmm. she did a good acting job. Yeah. It never felt like she was phoning it in. It always felt like she was connected to the content. And there was a couple times where I did, I think out of the absurdity of it, mm-hmm. just kind of chuckle. Yeah, like what? Yeah, okay. exactly. But like <laughs> most of the other characters, uh, Joel McHale character, which he kind of always seems like he is, but he just seemed like he was phoning it in. Uh, Leslie David Baker seemed like he was phoning in. Elizabeth Banks was Elizabeth Banksy, yeah. I guess I would say. Um, so yeah. Okay. I, I got gotcha. you. 61. Yeah. 61, D minus y'all. D minus. So I, this, you know, it's one of these kind of films that I would actually, no, I was going to say, I'd love to hear if you liked it, what your thoughts were, <laughs> but not to be rude, but like, I, I just, I don't feel like we'll ever see I die. Like right. if somebody comes up to me on the street and is like, I really like Happy Time Murders. I'd be like, okay, we're just never going to see the same way. <laughs> we probably uh, our lives can't be friends. Just, okay. Our lives are going to go two different directions right now. That's it. We will yeah. part. And it's not like I'm return. angry about it. I just don't think we're going to have a lot of similarities. I don't right. know. Whatever. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Well, I saw a movie too, and yes. it wasn't that great. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, well, you talk now. Let's talk about this thing. Uh, so I, mo- I saw a movie. Uh, it's called AXL or Axel as they call the dog. So just to kind of break it down for you, Axel is a top-secret robotic dog who develops a special friendship with Miles and will go to any length to protect his new companion. Um, Let me guess. AXL stands for awesome, extreme... They told me what it was, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, really? (laughs) um, It looks like one of those movies from like the late 90s, you know what I mean? That was like straight to Disney or TV where it's like... It's like the kid finds a robo dog and adventures. And so this bad movie guys. is really weird, okay. uh, and I'll say that because on a number of different levels. First of all, directed by Oliver Daly, written by Oliver Daly. Uh, so this must this had to be some sort of passion project for him. Um, but it stars Becky G. Thomas Jane is in this movie, mm-hmm. um, which I love Thomas Jane, but I don't I don't know why he's in this movie. And then Alex Newstead, <laughs> I don't know how is that to a direct say quote? it. <laughs> it's a direct <laughs> quote. Um, and then uh, Ted McGinley, Dominic Reigns, uh, a number of other people. But um, so, and then Dorian King plays uh, Axel. But here's the thing with this movie. It feels like, like kind of like what you're saying. It made me, it reminded me of, the, the biggest comparison that people are probably going to hear is Short Circuit, mm-hmm. but not as good, cute, or charming as Short Circuit. Number five. Right. Is, is it alive? alive? Right. <laughs> and then um, uh, it, it reminds me of like the the golden age of 90s like or early 2000s straight to Disney like released movies, like, you know, like a smart house or johnny tsunami mm-hmm. like brink you know what i'm right, talking that's about that's what i was thinking right yeah, so like, like that because that because of the teen element yeah well everything's like awesome and right. extreme but don't do drugs so i will say <laughs> this there are some there are some good um i'll start on the positives okay so there are some good 
visuals are some not so good visuals, but there are some good visuals. Um, there are some elements where the dog Axel looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas Jane has one moment, one scene where I'm like, ah, oh, that's the Thomas Jane I wanted to see right there, but he's not really in the movie that much. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, other than that, the acting was fine. Okay. Nothing spectacular. Um, the issues, and this is kind of where the rest of my talk is going to go with this movie, is it felt like the movie was half-baked on every level, every single level. Mm-hmm. Um, written felt like it was it was not done, but they were just like, we got to make it anyway, so let's just put it together. The movie's only 80 minutes long, okay. um, and all the relationships in the movie are... You just you don't buy them. The relationship, the main relationship between the kid and the dog, it's kind of there, but it's mostly not. Um, so you don't really care about that relationship. You don't really care about him and the girl relationship. They like kind of cross paths for reasons. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's like a bully. There's not really they they try and exp- there's tr- they try to make an antagonist at the end like kind of at the end and kind of throughout the whole thing. But the antagonist is not really antagonist. He's just silly. doing his job kind of. Yeah. I was going to say, usually with movies like this, the antagonist will be like very one dimensional, right. but the real antagonist is like the inner turmoil the character goes through. There, that's not even the antagonist. Okay. So the, the, I'd say the biggest antagonist of this film is the bully. <laughs> okay. And then maybe the guy at the end who is really kind of just doing his job, who's not really a good scientist kind of a guy. He's like, come on guys, right, I got right. a job to do here. <laughs> exactly. Like, You're the bad guy. So here's, here's another issue with this movie. The whole time they're talking about this dog being like a killer war machine. It was created by the military and all yeah. that stuff it doesn't kill anything in fact this dog he saves more than he kills this dog he gets injured way more than anything else in this entire and it's and that's a sad bad for a my favorite my favorite character in this movie is the dog yeah um and it's still not great like i I wouldn't like put him against any other like fictional robot character in any other movie i've seen but um so you're saying it was a bad piece of technology Kind like of, in a sense they're, they're, of the movie world at the very beginning. So here's a line. Here's a line. We invested seventy five million dollars in your thing. Where did this robot dog go? How did it escape? <laughs> like, really? It's, yeah. And how did this ward? Like how did this uh, uh, this uh, this killing machine or this thing that we've invested so much money? How did it escape? And it, it gets bested by a kid on a motorcycle. Gets bested by some <laughs> punk with a flamethrower. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. punk with a flamethrower. That's pretty. So, it's just really random. Yeah. Um, and and you could tell that the budget really wasn't there. They spent most of it on the visual effects, which is good. Some of the cinematography was good, but they like the whole weight. They, there's the scene at the end where the whole weight of like the army is supposed to be coming down on them, and it's just like a group of soldiers and a couple of Humvees. Uh, and then they then they're out of the picture, and it's just like one helicopter. Hmm. I was like, "What? Yeah. Like this is not realistic." And I think part of the problem is it was PG, so you can't make a killer robot kill things and do stuff like that in a PG film. No, um, not really. So it was. I don't know. It was, and it was. It was as bad as vanilla as everything goes. Nothing really stood out about it. Uh, there was nothing special about it. Um, I'm gonna forget this thing. Um, in the next 30 minutes probably i won't even remember i talked about it today yeah it looked like a pg outing right like it looked like kind of just a kid friendly they don't spend so here's the thing dog. they don't spend enough time with the relationships um even the uh, so they needed to develop more of the boy and the dog yeah. their relationship together that's where the that's where the heart of the movie is and should be 
um, or they were trying to make it, but it's not there. It's 80 minutes long. They didn't invest enough time in that part. I don't know if they had more. They just had to cut because they're like, it's an hour, 20 minutes, or it's uh, yeah, hour, 20 minutes long. We can't do anything else. You know, we ran out of money, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a disappointing movie. Maybe it's 65. Okay. So that's that's my take on it. Um, but Were you frustrated by it at all? Because I was actively angry. No, that might no, no, just no, no, be a personality no. thing. That's too. you. So I was just kind of like, what? Why am I? I felt like, why am I watching this? That's kind of like what yeah, I was like. Just bored. Uh, yeah, I was boring. Gotcha. It was boring. Uh, I didn't care about anything in the in the film, and and I usually find reasons to care because I'm the caring one. Yeah. But I didn't find any reasons to care in this one, so I'm gonna give it 65 a D. Definitely not a good score. Nope. Yep. <laughs> one of our lower of the year for so yeah, far. For sure. And then we got one more that we want to talk about, right? That yes. You got a chance to see. And I, I did. And I always want to call it Papi John now. And I was calling it Papi Jean. Papi Jean? But it's pronounced Papillon. 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 Which neither of us obviously speak French. I didn't know. I had to pull it up on my computer. I was like, pronounce this in French. It's Papillon. Yes. Papillon. Papillon. Which, if we're wrong, let us know. But that's the translation we're going with. And I believe the translation, the, the way that they said it in the film. Uh, one of the things I will just say before we even get into like descriptions stuff like that is that that's one of the things about this film. So it's a remake of an, an original Papillon, which yeah. came out in, I believe, 1970, like early Papillon. 1970, like 1973, yeah. I think around. I don't know. Um, I enjoyed the original a lot. Um, it was created to be the okay. So did let you me, see the original one when it came out in theaters? I did not. I wasn't even <laughs> okay. alive at that point, Matt. But thank, <laughs> but thank you for. I mean, maybe I look a lot older. I was just asking. Uh, yeah, the original. So yeah, the original was seventy three. Okay. Uh, I was just double checking to yeah. make sure I got it right. But let me give you a brief description for it, and then I'll discuss it a bit. Uh, wrongly convicted for murder, Henry Car- Charrier. Carrier Charrier. Uh, again, French. nailed it. Yeah, French. Uh, forms an <laughs> unlikely relationship with fellow inmate and quirky convicted counterfeiter Luis Dega uh, in an attempt to escape from the notorious penal colony on Devil's Island. That's not quite accurate. Okay. But anyway, directed by Michael Nowhere, who hasn't at this point done um, really anything of like significance that I know. Yeah. Um, Stars, uh, a couple of folks that people are familiar with. The biggest uh, two are Rami Malik and uh, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie is Henry, who's Papillon, uh, and Rami is Luis, um, so kind of his friend. So I'm not even familiar with the story, basically, and I know it's been <clears throat> yeah. remade. It, the, the, the synopsis of what you told me, it reminds me of the beginning of Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, so the original one, it's, it's somewhat like that. It's like okay. a French Count of Monte Cristo, in a sense, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, I'll get more into it. So it's less about revenge. Like the original Count of Monte Cristo is very much a revenge right. tale. Uh, this one is much more of like uh, a search for freedom type and thing. Survival. Finding freedom. Yeah. So it's kind of like, in a sense, of like a Shawshank Redemption, okay. but like in a in a different place, different, different time. And it's okay. it's based upon the actual memoir. So I will say the original one had Steve McQueen and Dustin, Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. uh, and is pretty well liked yeah. by a lot of people. I watched it. I remember watching it when it was about the original, I think, 16. Okay. And... Uh, Really enjoyed it. And it's based upon the memoirs of this guy uh, who actually did go through all this, the Papillon character, Papillon. who Papillon, who later in life wrote his memoirs yeah. and then had them published. And it became an international bestseller for a while, and then they eventually made the film for it. And so huh. it documents this real situation that took place in France around the 1930s where they were taking um, inmates and people 
from France that were sometimes, oftentimes, very wrongly accused mm. and sending them to a penal colony that was in South America to help develop the the empire and the lands and everything that they owned down there. Okay. And it was a very harsh living circumstances. Like, I don't know if you've been to South America, but the summers down there can be brutal, mm-hmm. very humid, very hot, bugs, animals, all this stuff. Um, and so it, it kind of documents the story of him being in the penal colony. And then he became, he befriends uh, Remy Malik's character in the film, um, and Remy kind of plays in Dustin Hoffman in the original. They play this kind of like more of like a white collar criminal. Like they got thrown in jail for legitimate reasons, but mm-hmm. it was more of like a money fraud type situation. Right. And so they're not equipped, if you will, to survive in a right. prison system. But, you know, they have money and they have connections. And so that's yeah. the big thing that they can offer. So they help each other. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of help each other. And they form this. And the, the biggest thing about this film, like you're talking about with Axel, it should have been about the dog and the boy. Uh, the biggest thing about this film absolutely is that relationship that takes place between, uh, in this film, Remy and uh, Charlie Hunt's okay. character. Um, and that was pretty much the case with this film mm-hmm. as well. And the original one, it was, I think, a little better. And there was reasons for that. I think to put the film side by side and kind of say comparatively, difference-wise, what what was there, what wasn't. Papillon, the original one, was documenting and telling the story of the memoirs mm-hmm. of this guy, Henry, but it was more of a straight-up film. It was more of an adventure, okay. suspense, kind of intense film about this guy searching for his freedom, trying to get away from unjust circumstances, whereas this remake is much more of a... <clears throat> it's more of a retelling of a historical event. Okay. So it, it treats things very real. And in some ways that works absolutely well for it because in the original one, it's more of an adventure. Like, you know, they're suffering and you see them suffering and it's very unjust, but it's more yeah. played for like the development of the character. Whereas in this one, it's much more about, wow, look at the brutality of this circumstance. Look at the intense, negative, horrible, awful things that this guy just gets like disemboweled or, you know, it yeah. gets his head chopped off. And so it's like some really intense stuff is going down and you feel more bad about the circumstance Versus the individual characters. Okay. And so it wasn't a weakness of the acting. I think the acting the was... is more pointed towards that than it was the, the Yeah. Character. We talk about we talked about this in the last episode, I think, but the idea of agency, yeah, um, which is how connected the actors are or the story is into the progress of the overall story event mm. that's moving forward. Gotcha. And in the original one, it was very much the agency of the characters was moving the plot along. Okay. Whereas in this one, it felt much more like the agency of the situation of the event of this place in South America and this horrible like situation they're all in right. was what was kind of moving the story forward because they would spend time documenting, okay, well, just look at this suffering that's happening over here. Or look at this bad set of circumstances that these characters are going through. So it was interesting. And it was it was good, but in a different way. Okay. Um, so I, gotcha. I, I did um, end up enjoying the film. Oh, and good. I think um, out of all the films that have been released as of, after the last little while right here, uh, probably the best one that I've seen um, Certainly the best one on today's show. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Uh, some weaknesses of it is, it, I think, because, again, it was more in service of the overall idea, mm-hmm. I felt less connected to the characters in this version okay. and their overall struggle and their overall strife. Now, there was a scene that takes place kind of close to the center of the film where one of the characters goes um, into, uh, what do you call it, crud? Lockdown. Cave. Oh no, solitary. Yeah, solitary. <laughs> and uh, I can think of it. Into a bowling alley. <laughs> and he goes bowling and he gets a perfect score. <laughs> no, he goes into solitary and it's they did an amazing job kind of portraying that suffering oh, that I... takes place in that solitary. Yeah. And it, you get you get like claustrophobic and Ugh. you actually feel it's almost like Ugh. 
And so there's definitely times like that where it's a very effective film. Yeah. Um, but I think what I really liked more about the original is because I was invested with the characters and it was less about things, uh, about the situation in of itself, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but because of that, I felt like more I was like going on this journey. Okay. I was like going on this trip, this yeah. ad- this grand adventure with these characters where you're like rooting for them to like find their freedom. Okay, that's good. Whereas with this one, it was more like, wow, I really just hope they get rid of that penal colony. I r- really hope that they just so you, fix you, you this messed less, up circumstance. You were less rooting for the characters to find their escape. Right, like I wanted that. I, I do care about it. And I think they but did it wasn't as enough. much. Right, it wasn't okay. as much because I was more just hoping that the whole system would, would end. And I think yeah. the director, I think he knew that in a sense. He actually finishes the film with showing some actual like documented footage and, oh, wow. and photos and stuff of the penal I like colony. That. I like that when they, people do that. Right. And so it felt more like that. It felt like a really high end, super high end, if yeah. you will, like documentary recreation wow. type film. What? So I'm curious too, because the, it seems like the, uh, there's kind of a split a little bit on the, mm-hmm. you know, ratings of who the critics and the fans. And I stuff. feel like if this didn't have the associations with the original, Okay. Then it might be rated a little higher. Okay, because people are just comparing it to the previous yeah. iteration. Yeah, because the, right. the, the previous film, I would say, overall is a better film. Okay. I mean, it's aged a bit. Sure. Don't get me wrong. There's some stuff in there that's a little like outdated. But overall, as far as like the emotional experience and enjoyment and yeah. overall highs and lows that I get, I got more out of the original, the 1973 okay. version. I got you. So, I don't know. If you want actually something fun to do, I would actually say try and check out both. Yeah. I think for somebody that... If you're a fan of film, if you like cinema, if you especially if you like films like The Great Escape or you know Shawshank Redemption, like I mentioned, uh, Papillon is a really good one. Cool to also check out. Um, it's not. I will say it's not for kids. It's yeah, R it's for a reason. <laughs> um, you already mentioned a couple of things why it was rated R. Well, especially this version, but yeah. in the original as yeah. well. There's some stuff there. It's yeah. not as much yeah. as with this one. But there's definitely some stuff there as well. But I think it's a good experience. What would you rate it? Uh, this one I'm actually giving a B minus. I'm giving it 81. Nice. That's actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah, the critics are at like 54%. Audiences are higher at like 77. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I haven't looked into too much the critical reception of it, but most of it seems to be negative comparisons based upon the first one. And yeah. people feeling like it was kind of why nobody was really asking for this. And I agree, nobody was really asking. I wasn't really expect. I didn't even know about this. It was like, oh my gosh, Papillon. Yeah. Um, I went to go see because I saw the original. That was really what I was wanting to be To be honest, of- I knew there was a movie coming out with Charlie Hunnam and Rami Malek, but yeah. I didn't I didn't know what it was. And then yeah. you're like, hey, I saw this movie. I was like, oh, right. Cool, yeah. that's what it was. All I right. would have been happier, I think, as well. We didn't talk about this too much, but I, Rami Malek can be good in a script. And I felt like he was, in a sense, doing his best Dustin Hoffman impersonation. Ah. He did good with it. I wouldn't okay. say he was outstanding. I think Charlie Hunnam did a really good job. That's good. I think he did better. Yeah, I think uh, he gets better and better Raimi. as time goes on, actually. Yeah, I like Raimi as an actor. I yeah. think he's just, he's so distinct mm-hmm. with his visuals, like the I way always, he looks and acts and the scenes. I always just so think of distinct. him from Night at the Museum. That's the first time I ever saw him in a movie. And it's gotcha. the first time, like, I just remember seeing him as, like, the the king or the pharaoh or whatever it was yeah, in that movie. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's Tutankhamun or yeah, something like that. King Tut or something. King Tut or something yeah. like that, yeah. King but, Tut Jr.? I don't know. Yeah. Something. Anyways, yeah. cool. Anyway, that's it. Cool. Thanks for the review on that, Joel. My um, pleasure, man. Yeah, for sure. And that's actually going to wrap it up. Real quick before we go, uh, just to remind you, you can connect with us a number of different ways on our website, realreviewmedia.com. You can connect to all of our social media from there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Real Review Media. Uh, check it out. Follow us. See what's going on. What movies we get a chance to check out and talk about. Um, 
And uh, you can also email us. Let us know what you thought about the movies or if there's something coming out that you really want us to talk about or if there's even an old movie you want us to talk about. Let us know. (laughs) Um, But uh, other than that, is there anything else, Joel? No. No? Well, hey, it's been real. It's been real.